Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. And welcome to our first episode of the Nocturnal New Year. Wow. That's, that was operatic. I know. That was very operatic. If I do my Basa Profundo, you know, I don't even think I could catch that. So that was cool. I'm just, I'm saying, I, I think what I'm going to have to do is get Destiny, probably for February, yeah. to do some of these with me. and just Oh, that would be them- amazing. Yeah, totally epic. I can just do Nocturnal New Year, but that's about as good as I can get. So That was pretty good, though. I mean, considering you didn't do any for the haunted holidays, so disappointed about that. Sorry. 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 Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Travelers. I I, I think the travelers are literally just sitting there going, when is Mark going to serenade us? No, they know better. They, they, They heard from Callie what happens if I sing. It's... It opens portals to other dimensions, not on purpose. So, <laughs> bringing in the demons. Okay. Yeah. With that said, what are we talking about today, Mark? Well, it's been a little bit since we've gone on the Wayback Machine and talked about a few cryptids. So, I'm going to mesh a few here that I think all are from the same family. Now, we've been getting emails and letters, people talking about seeing black dogs and sometimes seeing demonic dogs and i i had a couple listeners come up to us at a signing where they wanted to know if what they had seen was a hellhound or if they'd seen a you know a demonic presence and i had to tell them well where did you see it what did you see and as they described it i'm like oh that's more of a black dog and they'd go oh what's a black dog and i'd be like okay Let's sit down and let's go into that. But then as I would do that, I was realizing, oh, very quickly, they don't get a lot of love in the cryptid lore. We don't get to talk black dogs a lot, even though they are seen everywhere, particularly in North America. But they're even seen overseas in Europe and in places where dogs aren't as common. And, you know, we've discussed werewolves. We discussed Rougarou and Dogman. This is different. Yeah. These are creatures that are seen, oh gosh, all over. And I'm going to start with the one I know the most. And this was in an area that our good friend and producer Bo Lake went to recently. And that is the town of Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. And I've also seen this same story along the road from South Mountain, Maryland over to Harper's Ferry, basically follows that road. And what is happens is, is there's a large ghostly black dog that is frequently seen along that road. And the territory has got to be just you know vast. And it's seen often enough that it has a name. It's not just the ghost dog or the black dog. It is called the Snarly Yowl. The Snarly... Yowl. Yowl. Y-A-Y-O-W. Yowl. So this comes again from German. Like in this area, we had the Schnellergeist, which becomes the Snallygaster. This, we have the Snarly Yowl, which is named for its growl, right? This fearsome growl that the thing is. That's what a yowl is. is a raw. And that's where we also get the term Yowie, which is the, you know, one of the great apes of the, you know, a Sasquatch term. So, okay. 
same generic word that it comes from. So now the stories all vary. One of them says that it could change shape, of course, right? It can yeah. become bigger. It can become smaller. It can do whatever. Now, most of the stories say it drags a big chain behind it in this area, like a large chain, like it was a chained up dog and it got loose. When, but when did this story first transpire? You said way back machine. Where, when are we? We're talking 1790s okay. when it started. So just after America has become America and it wasn't West Virginia, it was just Western Virginia. And sometimes when the full moon hits it, it was said that it would almost go from a pale black, it's coal black coat to a pale white coat. Like it was um, changing colors, changing shape. And then if it was with the white coat, sometimes it would just fade from existence in the moon. It would just disappear after turning so bright white. Then it sometimes even said turned into moonlight. There was an inn near there that knew the creature well. And they would warn travelers that the snarly owl will spook your horses. So take extra careful when you're riding out in the mornings. And this was on their placard at the end. Beware the snarly owl. Watch your horses in the morning. They'll oh, be skittish. Seriously? That was like a real disclaimer this inn had? This inn had in 1790-something. So uh, 1795, I think. Um, now, there was a book that famously documented it called South Mountain Magic. And it was by Madeline Dahlgren. And it came out in 1882. And it was basically one of the first books of folklore in the area. And it's pretty much what I would consider required reading if you want to know anything about the legends of pre-1900 America. It's an incredible book. And she chronicles several sightings of the Snarly Yowl. And one of the encounters, and this is one of my favorites, is she says, this road-weary traveler encountered the large dog across the road from him. The creature began to enlarge and open its immense jaws. The man hurried upon his horse to flee, and the dog let out a wail that spooked his horse so badly that it kicked him off and then kicked him in the head, and he barely escaped with his life. So that's that weird howl, the yowl. Now, there is a plaque on the road near Boonesboro, Maryland, and it's for the Battle of South Mountain in the Civil War. And on the display is a little sidebar note. And it says, beware of the snarly yowl. This is on a Civil War monument. The legend says that the shadow of the black dog used to patrol the heights of South Mountain. One night, a huntsman, famous as a sure shot, encountered the beast. He aimed and fired his rifle. The shot went right through the animal with no effect. He fired again and again, each shot passing through the shadowy beast. Finally overcome with dread, the huntsman fled. This is on a Civil War history thing at the so, Battle of wait, South Mountain. Wait, let me just make sure I'm understanding this particular beast. Yep. So how big is it? Is it the size of a normal dog or is it bigger than a normal dog? Bigger than a normal dog, like wolf size, or some even say dire wolf size. And it has got black fur or white fur, but basically it's in, what is the word I'm looking for? Like it's 
things pass through it. It's shadowy, yeah. It's almost like smoky. And uh, so that it's it's barely seen while it's there. It's so dark that it is enveloped in the shadows in one of the encounters that I read about it. Now, in modern times, the wonderful Snarly Yow is seen doing what normal dogs do. It likes to chase cars. It uh, will come after them. And some fear they've you know kind of hit a dog on the road when it gets like near them. They feel like they've hit it. And they come out and it's not only unharmed, but it's burying its fangs at them. Then it vanishes into thin air. Oh, so, wow. Now, we've talked guardian spirits in the past. Some people say that this comes from this legendary beast is because when we build these roads, we tend to disturb pioneer cemeteries, you know, and previous cemeteries. The reason that's why dogs are seen the most is it goes back to an old legend that the first person buried in a graveyard protects all the other spirits, right? He becomes the protector. So that's why most family graveyards didn't happen until a father figure or a soldier died. But they didn't want to put that burden on the father figure, the soldier, whatever. So they would generally kill, I'm sorry, Callie and other listeners, they would generally kill a guard dog and bury it in the graveyard. And that would be the guardian spirit of the graveyard. Now, if you're building roads and you're building other cities and stuff, and you dig up these pioneer cemeteries, guess what? You've disturbed the guardian spirit. And of course, that's, that's going to turn into one of these. So, but that doesn't make sense with how this thing has been seen and documented with warning signs back in the 1700s right yeah well nobody was turning up anything there well there were still pioneer graves would be built you know family cemeteries would be built and then then you would just walk through them because it was just the way into town so that might be where some of these come from and that's what we think and then it was really they didn't start becoming more famous till the 1880s which would have been civil war railroads everywhere and that's what we think is why it suddenly became much more prevalent in the 1880s. And then again, there was another bunch of them in the 1940s and then another bunch of them in the 1960s. So are they all seen in the same place or are they seen all over the place? They're seen a little bit of everywhere all along the East Coast generally. Uh, but again, they've been seen overseas. This happens a lot. People see them. They're often called the Bargast in Ireland, which is a uh, ghost dog. That's what Sir Arthur Conan Doyle based the Hound of the Baskervilles on, was that a legend of the Bargast, which is a cemetery dog spirit that guards the, the mountains and the mounds and the cairns of the Irish hills. And uh, that's where we get the, oh, a guardian spirit will protect us if you bury a dog, you know, in front of the cemetery. It's a lot, it's very similar descriptions too, which is large black hair flaming breath and uh makes the fog because its breath is the smoke that comes out are there any um native legends around the dogs there are some dog legends of dog spirits and dog creatures uh wolves mostly but some are dog because they were training them to be part of the tribe and 
and in, incorporating them as as hunting you know assistants and and guard dogs and stuff like that but some were shape changers were creatures that could change into a dog and that some people would roll in the skins of the wolves and it would able enable them to become large hairy dogs they couldn't quite turn into full wolf but they could turn into a a, a you know a dog like creature now this all leads to a very unusual holler monster legend that I okay, want to bring Okay, but I have to I have to ask one more question. Has Here. anybody actually died from this? There is one case where a man didn't die but came very very close and he did lose a leg. Okay. And this was again pre-civil war and this is in the area near Philadelphia. Uh, just outside of Philadelphia. And this man was out along the railroad tracks. And many people said he was a little tipsy as he left the inn for the evening. And now yeah. he swears that, yes, he was inebriated. But as he walked along the tracks on the ride, you know, his way home, mm -hmm. it wasn't a train that got him but a very large black dog he saw it come out of the shadows in the distance at first he thought it was a bear might have been a wolf but what was interesting about it is he said it moved into the shadows like a shadow okay part of this story that is one of those huh uh is that he says he didn't get close to it at all he was terrified of but the shadow grew of the dog and the shadow grew the mouth of the dog and grew wider and wider, as big as him. And the shadow is what chomped down on his leg. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so that's one of those folklore stories that you go, huh? I think he got hit by a train. I think he got his leg chopped off by a train. But he swears the snarly owl got him. Well, so, because you can't be a drunk that got your leg taken off by a train. Sleep on a train track. Yeah, exactly. Or trip on one as one's coming. No, you have yeah. to have a big giant dog that's mouth opens and opens and opens and then okay. Yeah. So I feel like this needs to be made into a movie. I mean, with all the dumb movies they keep remaking. The black dog, yeah. Yeah. It's, the dog I mean, that it, comes out of the shadows. If they can make black sheep. They can make Black Dog. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, they could. Yes. All right. So now here in the Smokies, we have a variant of this story. And this was a family story that got handed to me when I was doing Erie Appalachia. So this is a, a fun holler monster tale I'll do before we take the break. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about some other Black Dogs. This one is not too far from Pigeon Forge. And it's a small town called Rutledge, Tennessee. And the mountains in this area were basically sparsely inhabited for a long time. They're, of course, being built up now because they're close to Pigeon Forge and all that. So housing's booming in the area and all that. But there's one man, supposedly, that lives out here that lives into a deep holler. No one knows his name, but he has a large black dog. And it was some mix between bloodhound and pit bull and as big as a pack mule according to every description i talked to 
but the dog everybody knows. Man's name nobody knows, but the dog okay. is named Old Pete. Oh, not, okay. Not, not Old Pete. Old Pete. O L apostrophe Pete. And everybody told me don't don't pronounce the D. Don't pronounce the D. <laughs> so the way everybody remembers it is that he made a deal with the Cherokee at the time and that he would protect the Valley's game and wildlife from the incoming European settlers. Oh. And in exchange, his dog would be very powerful, very, you know, endowed with supernatural abilities and would also be given the ability to grant wishes. His dog can grant wishes. Yes. But there was a price. I hope so. Every so the dog apparently became possessed of this supernatural spirit, a manitou or something along those lines. And it would have the power to grant the wishes, but the greater the wish, the more significant the cost. Right? Wow. So the balance, a scale. And the old Pete would consume this, but it was actually the spirit you know, creature within him that was consuming this. And then they would be granted their boon if it was a proper level, a proper, you know, comparative balance here. Now, if the offering wasn't significant enough, then old Pete would take a body part in exchange. So, oh. so oh, you got to bring the right gift for your boon or you're going to lose an arm you're going to lose a leg. You're going to lose something. Basically, the, the way I was told by this family was like, you need a small loan of money, then, you know, an heirloom. Family heirloom would suffice. Okay. Uh, but need the life of a loved one spared from an illness. You got to give up a prized cow, you know, a prized farm animal, or even a pet. Oh, you know, wow. A to pet. save, the, But that would save the family member's life. Okay. So, but it had to be of equivalent, right? So that's why you're you're giving up a family member to save another family member. They said the way this kind of goes is one person wanted to protect his entire family from a rival clan in a blood feud, right? He was okay. very happy with McCoy's. He's like, I need this family done. And then uh, they said basically they had to sacrifice all of the youngest children in the family so that the oldest would survive. Oh, I don't love any of that. No. no. And one guy, he was sneaky and gave the neighbor's prized hunting dog as a sacrifice, but old Pete was not so easily fooled and refused the offer and ate both of his legs. And it was because his wish was that he wanted fine work boots so he could find a better job. Well, I guess he doesn't need those. If he, he doesn't, doesn't need the work legs. boots anymore, right? That's that's classic folklore ending there. So now old Pete and his handler supposedly have not been seen in decades. And the family says they think he passed in the 60s, the 1960s. But if that's the case, he'd been there over 200 years. And I don't know how long that is in Black Dog or Hellhound years, but that's probably pretty long. 
But that's an interesting, that's really a be careful what you wish for kind of thing. And what are you willing to sacrifice? Right. Something you want, which are two like sort of age old folklore kind of stories. So yeah. um, I am not interested in trading that dog for anything. I will say <laughs> that right now. It seems like you have to give up way too much to make that happen. So I'm going to hard pass on that. I'm good. I think we need to take a break. I think we do. So, yep, let's take a break. And when we come back, I've got more, you know, doggy tales. <laughs> we'll be right back. Prepare to be devoured. The Wolves of Wharton is a six-part complete book series by Erie Travels producer, Bo Lake. It has been called Dark and Visceral, steamy, dramatic, and a fresh take on the werewolf mythos. If you like action, adventure, a large serving of body horror, and some steamy relations, the Wolves of Wharton series is for you. Pick it up wherever books are sold or at linktree.com slash bow underscore underscore lake. Most know Florida as the land of endless sunny beaches, but the state is home to numerous eerie legends and mysterious creatures. The Everglades is home to the elusive skunk ape. In Key West lies an uncanny doll reputed to have a life of its own. Join Mark Muncie and illustrator Carrie Schultz as they uncover the history behind the state's creepiest stories and unusual locations. The Dark Side of the Sunshine State presented in Eerie Florida from History Press. Greetings, we're back. We're back, and um, yeah, so okay, 200 year old dogs. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what is next on our little adventure? Okay, we're gonna go stay in the US for a little bit longer, and we're gonna go up to Lake Erie. Um, Lake Erie, Lake Erie, and there's this wonderful legend up there called the Black Dog of Lake Erie. Okay. And it was basically, if you want to piss off a sailor on Lake Erie, you would say, may the black dog cross your deck. Ooh. So he's basically an omen of death. Okay. Let's say, you know, 50 years ago, if you were to even talk about this story to a sailor on Lake Erie, they would just cuss you up and down (laughs) and say, what have you done to us? You have have threatened us. You have threatened us. And there was even an article in the Toronto Star that the the threat of the beast was basically bringing the threat of death and deserving of death. Wow. Right? And that's in the newspaper telling you that if you talk about this thing. And so we've got to go back in the Wayback Machine again. Okay. This time we're going to November 19th, 1881. We've done a lot of time travel this episode. We have. We have. And there was a ship called the Mary Jane. Okay. But, you know, you know, Mary Jane, right? We're good Mm -hmm. with this. It was a three-masted schooner that went away on that day and was never seen again. 
Well, that was okay. a very short story. Yep, it was it was somewhere in the Wayland uh, Canal, which connects Lake Ontario to Lake Erie, and they had on board their big black Newfoundland dog. Okay, and it fell overboard. It struggled in the canal, and the crew members did nothing to help it, and just stood on the deck laughing at it because they hated having it on board. Oh, I don't love any of that. It was the captain's pet. He was a terrible guy. This was just good riddance. This is what he gets for treating us poorly. And eventually the dog, you know, drowns. Just can't continue. Where it's freezing water. During, right? Where is, where is the captain during any of this story? That's He was down in the hold already, you know, berating them about other things. The story goes that the lifeless body of the dog gets stuck in the lock there which keeps them stuck there so they're unable oh. to pass they get out onto lake erie but they see the dog climb up on the boat and they're they're shocked they can't figure it out and then the captain comes up and he can't see it it's like where's my dog where's my dog and they're like it's right over there he can't see it and then eventually oh. they walk over to say, oh, it's right here. And it vanishes. That's so, scary. Yeah. So a couple of the crew write this down. Right. And now the ship sails off and it was clear and calm seas. But not long after that storm comes up and that's the last report from the log. The only thing that's ever found is the log and a few of these letters and other things that were written that floated up but nobody has seen anything of the mary jane ever since so let me just i just want to make sure i understand yeah the crew of this schooner which is a giant sailboat right three-masted sailboat ends up killing or th did they throw it overboard or did it just go overboard and they it didn't... Just, the story is vague like if they it went overboard or if one of the crew members threw it overboard but the notes in the log say that the dog went overboard and, okay. and no efforts were made to rescue it okay so they let this dog go overboard which is terrible they don't go to help the dog the ship gets stuck in a lock Okay, what is yeah. a lock? Basically like a dam system to keep the waters from overflowing from one river to another and stuff like that. So you go into a lock where it locks in, you go in, it's kind of like, and it lowers the level of the water. So oh yeah. Go down. So it's, instead of going down a waterfall and killing yourself, you go through a series of locks to get through. But there are intricate mechanisms like gears going up and down and stuff like this. So apparently the dog's body is what got caught in that. Okay. But then they do finally make it through. Yeah, just they get delayed them. And then they okay. some say that that's the problem. Because they got delayed, they got caught in the storm. Okay. But then the captain comes up and is like, where the hell is my dog? And they're yeah. like, it's right over there. Can't you see it? He must think his crew's completely insane. We, because... you know, and that's kind of where the story goes, right? This is a couple newspaper magazine you know, articles talk about, oh, the... You know, the captain couldn't see the dog and all that. That's not in any of the original log or anything like that. And even the existence of the log, like, 
I've read this copy of the log. People think it's completely bogus too that was invented by the same guy who was writing these folklore stories and all that. But two other ships sink that night. And oh. now we don't know if they saw the dog or anything else because there's no records of them. And the only thing we do have official concrete that this happened at all is that in 1881, we have the record of the wreckage of the three boats and the Mary Jane is one of them. Okay. But this story, like all good sailor stories, does not die with the boat. Of course and not. This other boat in harbor a few weeks later sees this strange black dog come across it. And it's called the Thomas Home. Okay. And it goes sailing after seeing this weird dog come across it. And it crashes and several men die, but people survive that one. And they were describing this strange dog that had come across their boat right before they took off. And okay. they tried to chase it off the boat and it just vanished. And so yet, we have a ghost dog. Yes, a black dog, a ghost, very large black Newfoundland dog with eyes of white. And then another boat, the C.T. Jenkins, has the same experience a couple of years later. Now, both these are in 1875, and they admit that the crewmen were uh, enjoying their corn juice, which we assume is corn whiskey. This is the captain's report. When our man was at the wheel one calm moonlit night in Lake Erie, he had seen a large black dog climb up over her rail from the water, walk across the moonlit deck as plain as day, climb the rail on the opposite side, and vanish into the lake. Oh, okay. Yo, and then the ship sails out and founders the next day. Now, is all this true did all this happen there were some reports of captains bringing their dogs on board of ships and there well, was we reports seen that in the movie the little mermaid so <laughs> that happened if the little mermaid is any yeah. indication of what happened in real life which yeah. it is not but continue on now we do know captains brought cats on some ships to take yeah. care of the mouse problem you know and the rat problem but it's interesting that there's several, several stories of this and that that was a common saying, you know, which was the, if you wanted to piss somebody off, may the black dog visit your ship. May it cross your bow. Do you and, think this is one of those things where it's because it gained so much sort of folklore to it that, you know, it's kind of like why people throw salt over their shoulder and don't yeah. let a black cat. I mean, if a black cat crosses your path, it's bad luck. Well, that goes back to the witches and blah, 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 which a black cat is no different than any other cat, you know? Right. I mean, they're pretty cool, right. but they're not any different than any other cats. But it was because it was associated with, with witchcraft. So do you think it's very similar? I think it's similar to that. Yeah. And it's one of those where it's it's taken on a life of its own. Yeah. It and it may be one where we're, you know, the, the, the sailors have manifested it on a ship that's having a bad day. You know, they, they all know the legend and it, you know, and it appears. And, you know, if, if I just know if I'm on Lake Erie and I see a black dog, that's it. I ain't going on a boat. So 
I will nope uh, out of that one, Erica. I will nope no, out of that. One. You will nope out of any boat, except for there might be one in the future you can't nope out of. But I'm going to leave that there like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I'm I'm still probably figuring out a way to nope out of it. So you're not noping out of that situation. <laughs> I don't care. Um, yeah, I'm not okay. big on the water, gang. I'm not big on the water. So no. But if I have to go into scary haunted houses, you can go on the damn water. That's how okay. that's going to work. So now, we're going to go back over to Europe now. right? Okay. And we're going to talk about a few traditions that involve black dogs. Oh, right? do tell, do tell. All right. So one is uh, also kind of a sinister one. And that is known as the Somerset Sextons. Now, we were talking about our guardian spirits and burying a dog to protect a graveyard. This involves that same thing because dogs were opposition of witchcraft, right? Yeah. Dogs could find witches. Dogs could tell who was a witch and who wasn't, who was a conjurer. So if they killed a witch or killed a conjurer, they need to make sure it stayed dead, right? These things had dealings with the devil. What's the best way to protect that from coming back to life to bury a dog on top of it? What? So they would kill a guardian dog and bury it on top of a witch. Okay, so all of that, the, they deserve to be haunted and killed. That's yeah. what I have to say. You yeah. don't go, there is way too much going around trying to kill dogs. Like, what the heck? Uh, so this is our travel for this week, gang. Okay. If you go to uh, Guernsey, there is a former gallows site at the St. Andrew's Church where they killed so many witches, potential witches, and so many conjurers, and they buried so many dogs there that the gallows site is said to be haunted by dozens of black dogs. I feel like they deserve to be haunted there. If that mm. was their thing. Also, I mean, you could travel to Lake Erie on a boat and oh, yeah. don't bring up the dog thing. Don't bring up the dog thing and do that. Or you can go out to Sevierville and uh, head up to Pigeon Forge. But uh, I don't think you're going to find that holler. I know the family and I know the holler, but and they don't want visitors right now. So, but well, uh, that is not a recommended here. travel then, is it? Not a recommended travel, but it is a place you can, you know, go... Yo, go out to Pigeon Forge and just have a good time. If an old man with a dog says, I can grant you a wish, you know, just be careful what you wish for. Um, but there were there were also things called church grims, which were usually dog spirits that uh, huh? I think are our snarly yow ancestors. And my gosh, there's books on dreams and visitations of these you know, dogs visiting people to protect them or to, you know, warn them away from things. And I mentioned the Bargus earlier. There's some great books on Bargus out there. And they, they go Danish, they go Irish. There's a lot of legends involving them. And then the other one is the, the Shucks, uh, S-H-U-C-K-S, which is more the German version of the Snarly Yow, even though Yow becomes... A German back to that again. But uh, yeah, so, you know, protection dogs, you know, the ghosts of the family dog and and all these crazy things. But it all ties back to this black dog spirits and black dog legends. 
I don't know what else to say about them except that uh, I think this is where we kind of get our Dogman legends from. Uh, I think well, some of the early Dogman legends are also these because some of these are seen walking on two legs. Some of these are seen, you know, doing other things. But I think these are different. I think these are literally dogs, spirit dogs, guardians, but protectors. And they only seem to have attacked people who have done bad things. So. Well, and I will say, so a Grim, too, just to throw this in at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's folklore. It's a fairy Grim, and it was a shape-shifting fairy that sometimes took the shape of a black dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And red or yellow glowing eyes and blah, blah, blah. I just, I think that's very fascinating but what is also interesting is that it, it's always a black dog yes it's never like a sort of a tan dog yes. or you know like probably a brindle dog or like Gary. it's always a beast a newfoundland or a pit bull or you know some you know a, a doberman it's never a chihuahua or yeah. uh or sharp like a golden a, the ghost of a golden retriever haunts <laughs> these land and i think a lot of times these things come up like this because one folklore but two because it's not scary if you go listen there is a pug that is rumored to haunt these lands <laughs> because no story would ever start off like that and have anybody be terrified where the black corgi Yes, the great <laughs> black corgi of death. Like, none of that would ever work because, you know, look, I even have my resident desk corgi. I named him Wesley. <laughs> Could you I, imagine I Wesley, think, the corgi of death? Like, I like, I like to think of some witch finder in the Middle Ages going, all right, well, we've killed 60 witches this week and we're out of dogs. So yeah, what are we gonna do now, lads? We need we need something. All right, well, there's a there's a Sharpay over. <laughs> oh, lady a a hey, let's bring it over. That'll stop the devil. I think it's interesting. What is most interesting to me is the snarly yowl. Because to be honest with you, the snarly yowl seems like not a ghost dog or whatever, but it seems like sort of a shadow legend. And I kind of wonder what that was that people would warn their you know vast that's the most know, fascinating territory. it's basically the whole ohio river valley that that, that 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 follows so that's all the way all the way seen all the way to illinois you know we're talking maryland to illinois you know it's that's that's a huge territory you know what's interesting though is that leads me back to and we've kind of touched on this that whole theory i have that if people can cast spells, like we had that one person that talked about the guardian that was summoned, right, to yeah. Daniel Boone's fort. What if this was a guardian that was summoned for a very specific purpose, but not like that whole thought done all the way through? So this poor thing is doing whatever it was brought here to do, but that's not even needed anymore. You know what I mean? And it was just yeah. supposed to scare people or whatever. It's kind of an interesting concept if you think about it because you wouldn't go snarly yowls are a breed of cryptid that are reproducing like we think bigfoot and other cryptids are these like definitely seem like something else yeah these definitely seem paranormal unlike the big black cats that you know we've seen a lot of 
can get a lot of reports of these seem to be, you know, which were, they were a creature in this area at some point and then, you know, died off. Maybe they haven't died off as much as we had thought. And that's some of these black dogs, I think are large dogs. I think people are just seeing, you know, a big animal, you know, fa family pet that is loose and about, you know, I, I, I expect Darren McGavin to be standing there going, damn you bumpuses. Uh, whenever one of these goes by. <laughs> uh, because oh I've oh. seen some big dogs loose in the mountains. That's all I'm saying. When I would go up to these holler stories, yeah, they knew, hey, some strange guy's coming down the holler. You know, he might be a government man coming for taxes. Let the big dogs out. Well, there's that. And honestly, travelers, if you have any stories about paranormal big black dogs or, you know, holler legend big black dogs, please feel free to send them to us because it's 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 an interesting thing. And, now, and um, a journey of yeah. cryptid cryptidness cryptid 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 yeah. cryptidness i'm not i'm just doing sounds now that was a word that was a word somewhere in there so but no if you want to know more about the snarly yow i wrote about him in uh erie appalachia if you want to know more about the black dog of lake erie i'd recommend a book uh, carrie illustrated called unnatural ohio which uh, Carrie got to Carrie got to draw a large black dog, and I will send that to Bo so that can be our illustration for this. If you're on the right sites, and then the book I would recommend is a book called Black Dog Folklore, and that's by Mark Norman, and it's about the European black dog legends and stuff. So I would highly recommend that. And he's got a whole appendix of sightings. It goes back to the 1500s all the way to modern times. So, oh, wow. Well, we'll have to include all of these links yes. in our show notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to get Mr. Norman on one day to, to talk about some of his other Irish legends and things that he's an expert on. I would love that. I would love yeah. that. But it is nocturnal new year. We've moved the wheel. We are starting a new year. We are close to our first anniversary erica and that, it's so exciting which just means our travelers need to make sure they've subscribed to us and that they leave reviews and they like us and share us with friends because we want 2024 to be even bigger than 2023 yeah we want to keep going if you like these you know holler monster stories and folklore legend episodes please write in let us know and click the little heart buttons on these episodes and share them out if you want more of our fun, just folk, you know, folklore or some of our pop culture episodes, let us know. If you want us to do more interviews, let us know. We 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 read every email personally and we respond in kind. So we appreciate it. And it comes right to Erica and me. Well, at least they come to me and then I share the ones I think Erica needs to see. To I Erica. think Mark <laughs> keeps things secret from me. So if you guys want to email info at eerietravels.com that'll go to the amazing Bo and therefore she will share it with both of us so he can stop keeping secrets yep. so or, many secrets or you can email Mark at, secrets. or you can email Mark at eerietravels.com and I'll get them or you can go to our website fill out the form and we'll we take listener questions listener stories and all that we know you love those episodes that's a no-brainer so we that's why we do as many as we do because you guys keep sending us in such amazing stuff and uh, with that, travelers, I'm going to say, make sure you 
keep your eyes open on the road for any dark, mysterious shapes on the side of the road. And if you go at sea, may you not encounter the black dog across your bow. And we will see you on the other side.